Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Here at Velocity, we love to know when lives are impacted. And if that is you, please shoot us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the message. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? This is my uh, third service this morning. So maybe you get the best one. <laughs> I, I must admit, um, I just come from the West Campus, and that, I like that arena, because I can actually see everybody. I haven't got the, although it's better now, the first service here this morning, the lights were so bright in my eyes, I couldn't see a single person, but I can see shapes. <laughs> That's good. It's, it's a real honor for me to be here with you here in Lawrence. Uh, I got here on Friday afternoon, and then spoke Saturday, uh, Friday night uh, with a great bunch of people, and then met with a whole, whole lot of great couples yesterday throughout the day, and as I said, this is my third service here today, and so I feel really honored to be here. I really want to thank, you know, Pastor Justin and Marissa for having the faith to ask me to come and speak to you. I believe I have a word for you today, uh, and I believe that, um, you know, that, that God's going to speak to you today, yeah. but I'd like to pray first. Is that cool? Yeah. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that I have to speak to your people today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak through me. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll speak to people's hearts and minds today and to be open to hear from you, Father. And Lord, I pray that you and you alone are glorified in everything that's said and done in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so I want to get really practical with you today. Is that okay? As, as uh, Pastor Justin says, I'm not a pastor. I love pastors. I just don't want to be one. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely not a pastor. I'm, I'm not on staff at Hillsong Church either. I'm not even an itinerant speaker, although I spend upwards of 80% of my time now traveling all over the world speaking in churches about kingdom builders. I don't do this for a living. I'm a businessman. And in fact, 99% of the time I sit in the congregation exactly like you. To be truthful, I'll be more, more comfortable sitting in that seat over there than standing up here right now. You know why? Because I'm just you. I'm just you with a funny accent. <laughs> no, seriously. The only reason, though, I have the microphone, see, is I, I know who I am, and I know my purpose in life. I'm a kingdom builder, and my, and my purpose in life is to finance the kingdom. And that's, that's why I'm here today. And so I just want to give you some practical stuff that you can use in your daily life, that, stuff that, that I use. So I believe that if I can use these use this things, you can use these things. So this is what I believe. I believe that we live here in a, it's a physical world we live in, but it's actually a spiritual battle we're up against. Would you agree? It's a spiritual battle that we're in. And I believe the spiritual side of our life comes down to one word, trust. It's a trust issue. And I believe that the physical side of our life also comes down to one word, and I believe that's a discipline issue. And so if you're taking notes, and I really hope you are taking notes today, the title of my message is, trust and discipline trust and discipline so let's talk about our spiritual lives first because i believe that that's has to be our number one priority why do i believe that because that's what the bible tells me i like to believe what the bible tells me it starts in matthew 6 verse 33 for me what's it say it says but seek first first the kingdom and his righteousness 
And all, not some, not a few, not the occasional, all these things will be added to you. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Put God first, all these things will be added in your life. Nothing complicated about that. Put God first, all these things will be added to your life. Romans 8 verse 28, how does that start? All again, not some, not few, not the occasional, all things, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purposes for you. Two very clear scriptures that that tell me that when I love God and put Him first in my life, then everything else in my life, all of it will be good. That's That's pretty clear, isn't it? Pretty simple, don't you think? So why don't people do it? Why don't people do it? Well, I believe it's a trust issue. It's a trust issue. They don't actually trust God's Word. They don't really believe that the promises in the Bible are for them. As, as Pastor said earlier, you know, it's okay for us to believe those promises are for the professional Christians, but not for those of us who live in the real world. Can I tell you, that's the problem. We, we, we don't, here's a big one, they don't really trust that Jesus defeated the devil on the cross. Because, you know, if they did, then there'd be no lack of trust and putting God first in their life. How can I make this statement? Because that was me for the first 31 years of my life. First 31 years of my life. See, I've been a Christian all my life. All my life. Why is that? Because I'm actually the son of a pastor, who's also the son of a pastor, which is the real reason why I'm not a pastor. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've been in church every Sunday of my life. I'm 54 years old, every Sunday of my life. But for that first 31 years of my life, I, I, just, uh, I just didn't believe God's promises were for me. I could believe them for the pastor, but not for me. And in fact, I lived a life of fear and not faith. I was more fearful of what the devil might, might do to me than trusting that Jesus had defeated the devil on the cross. You know, my wife and I finally came to the conclusion 23 years ago now, now, when Kingdom Builders started in Australia, that, you know what, I'm either going to trust God or I'm not. I'm either going to trust that God's promises are for me or I'm not. I'm either all in or I'm all out. Can I tell you, 23 years later, I'm still all more in, (laughs) if you can be more all in. Why? Because I know now that I can tell you we serve a trustworthy God. But unfortunately, for a huge percent of, of Christians... Taking faith steps is so hard because they're paralyzed by fear. See, fear fear and faith, you know that, are they're exactly the same emotion. Exactly the same emotion. Just one's negative, one's positive. Because they're both of the unknown, aren't they? They're both the unknown. Fear, fear says this, yeah, but what if that happens tomorrow? Faith says, yeah, but what if that happens tomorrow? Exactly the same words, exactly the same words, just with a faithful attitude, a faithful heart. And, you know, and I say, you know, you say to me, well, really, is it, is it that simple? I hear you ask. Yeah, it's actually that simple. I didn't say it was easy. <laughs> I said it was simple. Trust God, believe in His Word, and take a faith step. See, for too many Christians, for too long, way too long, they've been ripped off because of their lack of trust. They love God. They're going to get to heaven, 
but they're living very ordinary, boring, just getting by lives here on earth. And I can tell you now, that's not what the Bible promises us. He promises us the all, remember? Promises us the all. What does your all cover? I tell you what, it's not a boring life. See, what you're seeing me here today is exactly, isn't how I started. I wasn't always an elder in Hillsong with a nice blue jacket. <laughs> in fact, my life was very, very opposite to that. In fact, I was an I, I a, a absolute workaholic. I worked a, a full-time job in two other businesses, and I worked from 6.30 in the morning till 10.30 at night. I did that six days a week. Did that from age 21 to 31. I was failing in my marriage, failing in my, as being a father. I was failing in my health. Because what I was doing, I was trusting 100% in Andrew and nothing in God. I, I, was, I was coming to church on Sunday. Remember, I'm, in Hill, I'm at Hillsong Church. I'm, I'm at church on a Sunday morning. I'm listening to the praise and worship. Who doesn't love Hillsong's praise and worship? I got my hands in the air, surrendered to him on a Sunday. But Monday to Saturday, I'm trusting in Andrew, not trusting in him. And it came to a real conclusion in my life there one day that I needed to change that. I needed to find my purpose. I needed to work out what it was that God really wanted me to do. What you need to understand is, see, you know, you, you, you may look at Hillsong today and you think, you know, well, they're just this massive behemoth of a church in 27 countries and, you know, 130 locations and, uh, you know, they're huge. We could, what are we even talking about them for? Well, what you need to understand is for the first 14 years, we were one church, one campus and didn't own a building. You guys are so far ahead of where Hillsong was at this point, it's not funny. And I'm serious. You know, you, you guys only seven years. You've got two campuses already. Uh, trust me, you guys are going to have a building real soon. Yeah. You know, real soon. So <laughs> I'm here today because I'm telling you what Hillsong has done, Velocity can easily do. Remember, we, we started in Australia. We only got 25 million people. You've got 325 million people. You can, you can do this so much better than we can ever do it. The opportunity for Velocity Church is huge if you take the choice, if you, accept, if you want to accept and trust God. And I know for myself, you know, it was, a, it was a huge choice for us to decide to finally trust God. So Pastor Brian, he was getting frustrated. Here we were, 14 years of church, no, no building, trying to raise finance for it. He'd actually asked God, can you, please God, can you send me some more millionaires? And God had said to him, no, you raise them up. He says, what do I know about raising up millionaires? But God gave him a word. He actually happened to speak that word on the fourth weekend. I, I, I decided I'm going I'm to ask God to give me my purpose. And I tried for three weeks. I prayed for three weeks. It took me three weeks, I believe, because the first week I was at 50%. <laughs> Second week I was at 75%. And last week, 95%. By, finally, by the fourth weekend, I was 100% surrendered to God. That fourth weekend was when Pastor Brian happened to speak a word. And the word was um, on the story in the Bible where a centurion comes to Jesus and asks him to heal his servant. We all know that story. It's a pretty famous story. If you recall, Jesus was like, sure, let's go, let's go heal your servant. And the centurion's like, whoa, hold on, hold on. Firstly, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. But secondly, you don't need to come to my house, Jesus. You just say the word and my servant will be healed. If you recall, Jesus was amazed at his faith. But the centurion says, faith? This, this is about authority. Aren't you a man of authority, Jesus? I'm a man of authority. 
You know, I say to this guy, come, he goes, comes, this guy goes, he goes, this guy do that, he does it. Aren't you the same, Jesus? Just say the word. Pastor Brian's looking at this and he says, he goes, this is amazing. Here's this centurion, he's got 100 men that will do whatever is required. Not as robots, but as willing participants for the cause of Rome. He says, you know what, I've worked out what I need. I'm looking for 100 people who will say, he'll do whatever is required. Not as robots, but as willing participants for the cause of Christ. And remember, this is 23 years ago, and he said, you know, the first thing that this group's going to do, we're going to raise a million dollars over and above normal tithes and offerings. Well, I've got to tell you, I'm sitting in the front row. Was it? Not because I was anything special. Trust me, I was far from special. But I was sitting in the front row. Why? I needed to hear from God. I was, I was hungry for God. I was calling out. I was needed for God. And my, my heart leapt out of my chest at that point and said, this is it. This is who I am. And I remember I walked up to Pastor Brian straight afterwards and put my hand out and shook his hand and I said, I'm in. I'm sure he looked at me and thought, that's nice, Andrew. <laughs> remember, my life is a mess at that point. But, you know, God, God changed things when we decided to trust God. And that, very, and that first year for my wife and I, we made some massive changes. We made some, made some real faith steps and real faith steps, spelled R-I-S-K, faith steps. Faith steps that needed to rely on God, faith steps. You know, and so I remember at the end of that year, we had our $5,000 to be, be, be a kingdom builder 23 years ago in Australia. It was a $5,000 minimum. And $5,000 for me 23 years ago was a lot of money. And I remember I had this check. And uh, see, I'd been, a, I'd been a tither all my life. And I thought as, as a tither, I was a giver. And you may be sitting here tonight being a tither, thinking that you're a giver. Well, you know, tithing's just bringing back to God what's already His. Giving starts after that. Giving starts after that. And so for, for my wife and I, this was the first time we'd sacrificially given over and above. And that $5,000 check, it had my fingerprints on it because it was pretty hard dropping it in the bucket, you know. But when we did it, it was so exciting as well. So it was scary, but it was exciting because we decided to finally trust God. That was it. We just, just said, enough's enough. We're either trusting God or I'm not. And I remember straight away we said, hey, that was pretty cool. You know, let's, uh, let's do that again. Because the great thing about that was for the first time in my 31 years of my life, I felt the closest I'd ever been to God. And that was what amazed me, that this, was, this wasn't about Andrew, this was about trusting God. So the next year, I remember we were driving to church and I remember saying to the kids in the car, hey guys, you know, uh, mum and I today were writing the biggest check of our lives. You know, last year we wrote a $5,000. This year God's blessed us and we're writing out a, a $15,000 check. We're able to treble it. And I think we we're driving like a $10,000 car at the time. It gives you an understanding of where we were at this. And um, I remember very clearly thinking as I got to the car park and locked the car, thinking, well, you know what, this is, this is just as scary as last year. In fact, this is just as exciting as last year. So what I came to conclude, it was exactly the same faith as last year. With exactly the same trusting God as last year, we are given 5,000, and here we were, only a year later, we were writing a check for 15,000. You know, two years later, we wrote a check for 80,000. Two years after that, we wrote a check for 240,000. Now I'm really starting to understand, you know what? Trusting God works. <laughs> trusting God works. For many, many years, I trusted in Andrew and, and, you know, and was failing badly. And here I was a few short years later, and we're writing $240,000 checks. This is crazy. See, you can't tell me, you cannot tell me that we, serve, we don't serve a trustworthy God. 
because I've experienced it in my life. Yeah. Remember, I, I, I'm not a pastor who's getting up here and taking some obscure scripture and saying, I think if maybe you do this, this may happen. I'm telling you, this is, the, this is what we did. We stood on God's word. We said we're going to believe his promises or we're not. We, we, we're just in. We're all in. And we decided to go all in. But it was that first $5,000 check, even till today, was the hardest check I'd ever written. Why? It was the first one. It was the first time we had to take that step. I'm telling you today, guys, make that, make that decision to just take that first step. Once you get over that first step, it's all the same. But I remember that first $5,000 check because it went towards Hillsong building its first building. I believe you guys are just around the corner from your first building. But you need to believe that. I believe that for you. You need to believe that for you, that you're around the corner from your first building. And I know that when you get your first building, Velocity Church here in Lawrence will absolutely take off. I'm convinced of that. Because certainly for Hillsong, it was the start of everything for us. We built this first building. We thought we'd build a stadium, but, you know, it was, uh, we just use it for the youth now, and, we, and they trash it. <laughs> but um, we were pretty excited to be there at the opening of that building. You know, super excited, my wife and I. We stood in a long queue to get in there, and we got a seat in the nosebleed section right at the back, and we were so excited because, you know, we'd given our $5,000 to this building. And on the night, there was, a, there was a prophecy on the night that Hillsong was going to receive million-dollar gifts that were going to come into it. Well, Aussies can get pretty excited like you, like you Americans too. And anyway, we, there was a standing ovation. And uh, they clapped for a long time. I know, I know it went for a long time because my wife and I had a conversation through it. So I'm clapping away like everybody else thinking, wow, which person here is giving to give that million dollars, you know? <laughs> That's crazy, you know, I'm looking around. And my wife elbows me and she says, she's like, you know what, I hope that doesn't mean that some multi-millionaire is going to get saved and write that check. And I remember turning to her and say, well, what's wrong with that, babe? That works, doesn't it, you know? <laughs> and she says, yeah, it does. She says, but wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be better if it had been a couple here who had trusted God? A couple here who had taken the faith steps. A couple here who had, who'd t- had done the yards and said, you know what, we're going we're to we're believe for God. And I remember clapping still saying, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> remember, we'd just given our $5,000. $5,000, scariest thing I've ever done in my life. Can I tell you, only eight years later, only eight years later with my brother in our business, we wrote that million-dollar check. Yeah, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. The glory goes to God because, you know what? Was it scary? Yeah, you bet it was scary. Was it exciting? You bet it was exciting. But I can tell you now, it was exactly the same faith. Yeah. I mean, it was exactly the same faith as when we gave the $5,000. Yeah. And in fact, you know, that same faith, that, <clears throat> that same trusting in God, we'd just grown in that eight years. We had just got more mature, more wisdom, more godly confidence so that God was then able to trust us with the much. It, it wasn't in the four, wasn't four years later, it wasn't five years, it wasn't even seven years later. It took me eight years where God could say, you know what, Andrew, you've been faithful in the little, now I'll allow you to be faithful in the much. But it was exactly the same faith. And I know, I know, I can't encourage you any more than to trust God. Because that's just how my wife and I have done and chosen to live for the last 23 years. That's, that's it. That's as simple as it is. But I can tell you now, I no longer live a boring life. <laughs> I live a very exciting life. 
Now, is it easy? No, it's not easy. But you know what? God never promised it to be easy. In fact, he promised the opposite. I know you don't want to hear that, but he promised the opposite. Mark 10, verse 30, talks about the persecution. It says, first of all, he gives us the nice part. He says, you know what? You're going to receive a hundredfold. You're going to receive a hundred times as much in this present age of homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, land. I like land. I'm a land developer. Land. Oh, along with persecutions. (laughs) And in the age to come, though, eternal life. But it's certainly worth it. See, my trust in God is so much these days that I almost don't know how to live anymore by my own understanding. Can I repeat that for you again? My trust in God is so much so that I almost don't know how to live anymore by my own understanding. I've become that reliant on God. I need God. I need God to turn up every day. Let me tell you guys, it's such a better way to live. It's an exciting place to live, needing God to turn up every day in your life. Can I encourage you as strong as I can? If you're not trusting God, then you're giving the devil opportunity to wreak havoc in your life. Havoc in your life. Let me give you three practical steps in trusting God. Write this down. Number one, you can trust God if you know Him. If you know Him. How do we get to know God? By reading the Bible every day. Not once a week, not once a fortnight, not when you think about it. Every single day. Develop a desire to know God through reading His Word. Decide to become a student of God's Word. The more you have it in you, the easier it is for you to take it out of you too. We've just got to make a decision. I'm going to trust God by reading my Bible and get to know Him better. Number two, you can trust God if you're listening to Him. In any relationship, it's a two-way street, isn't it, when it comes to communication? It's no different with God. You praying to God opens up those lines of communication. You know, prayer in itself is a face step, isn't it? But we should have an expectation that God will speak back to us in our times of prayer. We've just got to be still long enough to hear Him. Sometimes you've just got to get still long enough to allow God to speak to us. Number three, you can trust God if you believe God. By first getting to know God, and listening better to the Holy Spirit, the next step is to believe God. We have to begin to believe that all the promises, not some of them, not a few of them, all the promises in the Bible are for us. Let me tell you, there's no, there's no fine print in that Bible that says, all these promises only work for big ugly Aussies from Sydney <laughs> and doesn't work for people from Lawrence. There's nothing in there that says that you are counted out of there other than the fact that you need to love God and put Him first. And I think you can do that. So is it that simple? Yes, it's that simple. I didn't say it was easy, I said it was simple. Which leads me to my second point, discipline. See, none of us like discipline, do we? (laughs) None of us like discipline. You know, we discipline our children when they're young because they're they're stupid, aren't they? They don't know. (laughs) They don't know they put their hand on the hot plate, it's going to burn them, you know, so we've got to discipline them. But who disciplines us as adults? By the time we get disciplined by other people, it's too late. It's the policeman, it's the family law court, it's the tax man, it's your bank manager. We, we have to discipline ourselves. See, I could make a very general statement and would go like this. We all know what to do, we just don't do it. Let me repeat that one. We all know what to do, we just don't do it. I believe we all know what to do. Like we all know, don't we, we need to eat less and exercise more. 
Everyone knows that in Lawrence? <laughs> was that only Sydney? <laughs> we, all, we all know we need to spend less than we earn, but credit card debt in America is off the Richter. As Christians, we all know we need to read our Bible every day. We all know we need to pray. We all know we need to bring our tithes. We all know we need to say, we all know all that. But how many of us actually do it? How many of us actually do it? Can I tell you, only a, unfortunately, only a small percentage of Christians actually do what they know they should do. And I believe the reason for that is that they just lack discipline. Let's go back to eating less and exercising more. The real reason why people lack discipline in that area is their lack of why. Why? Why should I? But I believe there's going to be a perceived benefit from doing this they're finding the discipline to change their lifestyles very hard. The why has to be big enough in our lives to apply the discipline. I know for me, personally finding out my why 23 years ago, finding out that my purpose in life was to finance the kingdom, that my pastor's vision was so huge, so huge, that I had to provide, the, that it provided me the why in my life to apply the discipline that I needed to live a blessed prosperous lifestyle in all areas so that as a kingdom builder I could sow back into my church so number one when it comes to trusting God and getting to know him better I have to be disciplined in my Bible reading do you follow a Bible reading plan or you just randomly pick up your Bible and open it up to where it happens open up can I encourage you get a reading plan get a reading plan today with technology I don't know about you, but you know that this this phone's my Bible. That's where my Bible is because it's on me at all times. You know, these days the, you know, you can have these programs that they can actually email you and message you and tell you that you haven't read your Bible today yet. They can remind you. They can do everything there to do it for you. But in the end, you still need to pick up the Bible and read it. It still has to be your choice. But this is what I do know, guys. When you're living a life where you're taking face steps, where you're trusting God. I don't have just a want to, I have a need to. I need to read my Bible every day. I need to, because I need to get a word from God every day. So much so, I've made this decision. This is what I've done. You can steal this off me if you like. Every single time I read the Bible, I have to get a verse that jumps out to me that I can use for my day to day. So much so that I want to cut and paste that verse and I'm going to send it to my, to my family chat. I've got three adult grown married children and, and grandkids and we have this family chat and I'm sure you guys have that sort of stuff too. I send it to them every day. I also I have about 16 men all over the world today, kingdom builders that I've got to know. I send that verse to them as well every single day. I'm not stopping reading my Bible until I get that verse. Why? My expectation is that God's going to speak to me. You need to have that expectation that God's going to speak to me today from my Bible reading. Can I just encourage you on that? Let's talk, number two, about the discipline required in our prayer life. Getting to listen and hear from God. Is prayer the first thing you do or the last thing you do? <laughs> I've heard people say, oh, well, at least I can probably pray. What do you mean that's the least you can do? That's the first thing you need to be able to do. We need to bring our, bring our things to pray, our prayer to God. See, I'm in business with my youngest brother. I'm the oldest of four boys. He's the youngest and... and um, Every single day when we start work together, we pray first. It's the first thing we do. And we, we pray for God's will for our business. We pray for Him to guide us today in everything we do. We ask God to help us make wise choices in our business today. And we always pray, always pray for favor with man. 
unfair advantage. See, I believe in having an unfair advantage in business. Why? The Bible talks about how the wealth of the wicked is laid up for us righteous. So I'm praying for that. I don't know what you're praying for, but I'm praying for that. And so you know, that's just a decision that I make to start my day praying that way. Here's something for you. If you're in this room here today and you're married, make a decision, make a decision as of today, I'm going to pray with my spouse every day. Not once a week, not occasionally, not when it's urgent, every single day. Can I, you know, when I, when, as I said that, you're, always, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, you know, I know I, know I should do it, I just don't do it. <laughs> we know we should do it, we just don't do it. What I do know is this, the devil does not want you to pray together. He doesn't want you to pray together. See, he knows the power that there is in prayer together in marriage. Remember, God invented marriage, and he knows that power there. And so what I do know is this, if the devil can bring division, not one vision, he weakens you. The devil can bring disunity, not unity, he weakens you. But when the three of you, God in the midst, he get, you get together and you pray every day, wow, tell you what, you become an unstoppable force. That's what we need is for our families. That's what we need in our heads of our families. And man, I'm speaking to you here today. You need to make this decision as be the head of the house to say, you know what? As, of, as for me and my family, we're going to pray together every day. We're going to make that decision to pray. And you need to understand that yeah, we're going to pray with intent. I pray with my, my wife's on the other side of the world on a different time zone. I tell you now, I cannot go through a day I have to pray with my wife. I need to pray with her wife, my wife every day. One of the reasons I need to do that is because I need to hear from the Holy Spirit clearer. I believe you ladies hear from the Holy Spirit much clearer than us men. You call it women's intuition. I just see you just hear from the Holy Spirit better. And guys, it's an opportunity for us to actually hear from the Holy Spirit. And so make that decision that you're going to pray together every day. Lastly, let's talk about the discipline required to believe God's promises in our lives. See, this is the hardest thing for people to grasp. I know it was for me, by far the hardest thing for me to grasp, that God's promises were actually for me. They're actually for you. The discipline required to take that faith step and to stand on God's Word. See, here's the, here's the point. It's a daily choice. It's a daily choice. That's the thing with discipline. You can't say, you know, what? Today I've got discipline. Ta -ta <laughs> Tomorrow you've got to get it again. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. I'm 54 years old now. I've been doing this for nearly 24 years. I still have to make a daily discipline choice to trust God. It's a daily discipline choice. Can I finish with this? Life's just a series of choices, people. It's all it is. And we're either making wise choices or we're making stupid choices. You know there's no middle ground. Our choices are either taking us forward or taking us backwards. Simple mathematics tells me that if I make more wise choices than stupid choices in every area of my life, I will succeed. And see, I used to think, I used to think that wisdom was, you know, it was about intelligence and I thought, man, I'm in trouble there because I'm not that smart. But you know what's got nothing to do with intelligence, thank you, Jesus. It's got to do with discipline. Discipline. See, today I'm actually, I'm actually giving you my wisdom. You know what, it's my wisdom because I've applied it in my life. To you, while you're writing down your notes, hopefully, that's just knowledge. But when you apply discipline to that knowledge it'll become wisdom in your life. So I have a saying, if you, if you write one thing down today, write this down. Discipline is the key that turns knowledge into wisdom. 
Discipline is the key that turns knowledge into wisdom. And so we need to get that wisdom in our life. Get that wisdom in our life. I mean, you know, man, I've already told you today that you need to pray with your wife. But until you actually start to do it and you apply that discipline in your life to do it, it's just, not, just head knowledge. But once you're doing it and you get the testimony of it, you'll then be able to share that wisdom with other people. It's a great thing to be able to do, isn't it? So wrapping up from what I hope has been some practical teaching for you, you know, I'm here for one reason. We're looking for a group of people who've decided to trust God, to take faith steps, become a kingdom builder. You know, your pastors, Justin and Marissa, they need this group of people to say, you know what, we believe in the vision of Velocity Church. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put, put you first, God, in every area. Pastor, we've got your back. Count us in. Count us in. It's just, it's just your choice. It's just your choice. If God can do that for this big, ugly Aussie at the front, he can do it for you from Lawrence. There's nothing special about me, trust me. All we did was decide to trust God. Can I ask you to just bow your heads for a minute?